Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of this Reactive Attachment Disorder podcast. Um, I have been wanting to do this for a long time and wasn't exactly sure what the right platform would be to discuss these topics. I wasn't exactly sure what the right um, model for uh, building a podcast would be, and so I've put it off for a really long time. Um, I'm still not exactly sure how to do this correctly or if there's even like a method to this, but I wanted to just go ahead and put it out there and get it going. And um, I know that I have ex- uh, I have experienced some level of success and support uh, in supporting the community because I do have um, some pretty active uh, members, a very large audience of members that are actively engaged in a support group that I that I. Uh, admin that we discovered a need for about two years ago. So I do know that I have um, an audience of humans out there that need to hear this message and they need to know that they're not alone uh, when raising children of reactive attachment disorder. So I'm just going to kind of get it going and um, hopefully I'll just perfect it over time. But I'm going to start by telling my story and, and just kind of um, outlining why I'm, why I'm doing this and what my goals are. Um, so I have a female child who is almost uh, 15 years old who we discovered had reactive attachment disorder um, when she was about two years old. So uh, a friend of mine had a child. We were all teenagers at the time. And... She became pregnant um, and had the baby when I think I think she was born when I was 16. By the time I was 17, she was actively um, not taking care of her newborn baby. So I was, started getting involved pretty early on in her life, um, and I moved to a caregiver role pretty quickly as well. So by the time she was two, DCF was involved. Um, I lived with I ended up moving in um, with the father with her father and. Um, we started raising her kind of together and dealing with the DCF situation right then. Um, I can give more background later. I don't think it's really relevant at this point, but ultimately I was 18 by the time we, uh, received full custody of her and she was two. Um, so I've been dealing with the effects of reactive attachment disorder for a very long time. Um, I knew that reactive attachment disorder was something, um, even at that, that young age of 18, my aunt, um, is a state attorney, uh, for department of children and family services in Georgia. And she, and I had discussed reactive attachment disorder prior to, um, and of course, you know, uh, in Florida at the time, you know, you couldn't receive a diagnosis on paper until five at least. Um, so, so yeah, I, I basically stayed um, with the father. I married the father during this time in order to be involved in the case plan. And I raised this child. She became aware of me as her mother, um, calling me mom. And I'm pretty much the only actual mom she's ever had. Her paternal aunt and I have shared the duties of raising her, um, throughout her life. So, um, I still kept her last name, divorced the father, kept her last name and maintained the, um, a parental caregiver, primary caregiver role after divorcing him. Um, Our marriage was really kind of created to um, build a family structure for this child. And um, that was the serve, that was the purpose it served. And 
I, my real love in life is a woman. Her name is um, something I'm not going to mention yet on the podcast, but uh, she and I have been off and on trying to make a relationship work since I was in high school. So we are now married and we've been back together um, for many years and we actively together raise uh, my, my reactive attachment disorder um, child. So that's just some kind of choppy background on where, where I became familiar, how I became familiar or how my life has been touched by reactive attachment disorder. So, um, as you can imagine having a child with reactive attachment disorder that I've sacrificed so much for, um, without any obligation to, and the story goes much deeper, um, than what I've mentioned so far, but having this child as part of my life for so long, it has been a very complex situation for me. It's been a very, uh, very much a thankless job. And luckily for us, all of us, my, my wife and my daughter included, like we founded this support community, um, for caregivers of reactive attachment disorder. And, you know, we're able to really discuss reactive attachment disorder, AKA rad openly and honestly, and like the, the detriment that it causes families that are unaware and uneducated, um, especially those who are unprepared or really, um, not the best choice to, to give care to a reactive attachment disorder child. Um, I have faced and seen and communicated with parents of, of all kinds of categories, of all socioeconomic backgrounds, of all scenarios who have been majorly impacted by RAD. And there is a huge, huge misconception in the services community and the medical community. And it's really alarming um, the, the misconceptions associated with RAD and how the diagnosis is... Um, communicated and formulated the rarity that it is you know people are misled to believe that rad is a this rare thing that very very frequently is assumed but really rarely occurs and that's just not the case I mean we know we know officially that that is not the case um the group that I that I'm referencing I'm gonna not disclose any pertinent information about right now but uh we have hundreds and hundreds of members who are at their wits end. They're not receiving services. Um, they are basically being, um, kind of, you know, perceived as being horrible humans because other parents, um, in their communities are really judgmental about their, the way that they interact with their child, the boundaries that they have. They're really judgmental about the relationships that they have. Um, you know, these children are very charming, as we know. If you're listening to this podcast, you know, you probably know. But we're really dealing with sociopathy here. Um, it's not just an attachment trauma that can be loved away. And even my child, who will probably be on this podcast, is very blunt, very honest about her, her rad and what that means for her and telling the truth about how um, rad has affected her and what she doesn't and does quote unquote feel for lack of a better term. She doesn't have a lot of feelings. Most of them are self, um, self pity and things of that nature, which she's very honest about. She doesn't feel a lot of remorse. She doesn't feel a lot of empathy, if any. Um, and she is, you know, in incredible, she's an incredible human. She has a purpose in this world and she has a lot to offer, but those offerings are not, um, maternal bonds. They're not, 
they're not bonding with her her family necessarily like she's not bonded in the, in those ways and she doesn't really um have that capacity yet to be bonded she definitely we definitely operate in the nurturing enemy sector of things um she is you know she has to do a lot of work um every day to just stay self-aware and not live in some kind of delusion um you know what we call buying into your own bullshit really she just kind of creates a fantasy and um she kind of lives in that unless unless she's actively engaged in conversation with us and doing the work to not be and she causes a lot of ongoing trauma um in her life for herself because of those behaviors so ultimately without rambling too much the the issue here is the reactive attachment disorder community is underserved there is a lot a lot of education lacking there's a lot of parents who women especially this is my main probably I would say my main goal here is for women who are suffering with like what I call an empty womb they want to build a family they want to have a family and that's their their driver in life is to create this family unit and they're unable to maybe conceive naturally so they sign up to be foster parents and then ultimately end up in a situation of adoption um and then their life is turned upside down and the caseworkers, the social workers in their community, DCF, any resources that would be available to you are, are constantly telling them that, um, you know, these behaviors are either not happening, that they are too hard on the kid. The families are constantly telling them that these children are just angels and that, you know, they're, um, you know, it's, it's no wonder that they have these behaviors. Look at the traumas they've experienced. And while those things may be true, um, the reality of, of raising a child with RAD, those things are also true. And the things that we're gaslighted about or the things that we are uh, manipulated because of or the things that we're left feeling guilt and shame, the divisiveness between husbands and wives that we see daily, the divisiveness between biological children and, um, you know, the, the children that we have chosen are, they are real struggles. They are real journeys. They are, um, real causes of divorce, real causes of suicide and suicide attempts of abuse, of neglect that is un, unwelcomed. Nobody wanted that. Nobody, nobody signs up for this. Nobody signs up to end up divorced over a reactive attachment disorder child. Nobody signs up to neglect a child that they chose and they wanted. Um, and so my goal and my purpose here is to just address the community. Um, my, my ultimate goal would be to um, initiate change in the social services sector. Um, I think that reactive attachment disorder is undermined. It is underdiagnosed. It is underfunded uh, in, re- in the research world because it is a reality that most, most people would not choose to adopt a child if, if these things were highlighted and known and discussed and talked about. And so my goal would be to initiate change in that, in that sector because there needs to be um, qualified people who are aware and who are taking, they are taking these children in with, a, with an awareness of what they're facing and they have the competencies, the tools and the resources to care for them and provide a home for them. Um, so I, my goal would be to hopefully evolve into something that um, can really initiate change, but in the meantime is to initiate a 
a support community. I have a lot of people in my in my group that I was mentioning earlier who are unable to engage. So they read the stories and they're actively consuming the content, but they're afraid to engage. And so there's a there's another way to receive information and that's, you know, we read it in the group all the time, but I want to put a voice to those, those supportive um, pieces of content and have a multimedia platform to discuss issues um, and to just provide another outlet for people who maybe don't have the ability to spend hours a day reading content um, in an online support forum and, you know, offer a verbal, uh, you know, uh, source of validation for these parents. So, um, I've been trying to get this podcast going and I've given myself a million reasons not to, to execute. So today I'm just going to put it out there and I'm going to hopefully have my wife and I do a, um, like a side by side. I'm going to, um, try to have episodes that are more topic focused until we have engagement from listeners maybe. And if we don't, uh, that's okay. I want this to be a resource for people, um, to know that they're not alone when they feel, when they feel at their most alone. So that's the goal. I really do support and encourage any kind of communication that I can, um, you know, uh, receive here. If you want me to, um, answer questions or, you know, discuss specific scenarios. I've seen it all. I've done it all. I've been in this, in this world for a very long time. Um, and we've gained some traction. Luckily there are some support groups that, um, you know, have been around for a while. And there are some stories of people who have been educated about rad for a long time, but ultimately where we sit today in 2019 versus where we were in 2006, seven, eight, when I was really starting to understand the consequences of, of reactive attachment disorder, um, totally different places. I mean, we're in a totally different world now and it's great that we have the resources available, but it's still not enough. And, um, you know, I just want to, I'm not saying I'm an expert. I think that when it comes to this topic, there aren't really a lot of experts and those that position themselves to be experts are exploiting financial resources from families. You know, we have private funded, um, you know, residential treatments that are so expensive, you know, that the average human in this scenario couldn't afford it. You know, they can't afford to pay thousands and thousands of dollars, um, for treatment that's kind of, um, experimental for their family. So, you know, I know that this world has been exploited by private, private groups. I know that there are not a lot of, um, people listening to your stories. There are not a lot of people listening to your struggles and I just want to, um, get it initiated and then we can, you know, evolve together and grow together. So if there's anything that I can help with, please give me the opportunity to do so. I'm going to build a list of resources for those that do need professional resources. I don't have that list available currently because I haven't found a lot of resources that I feel comfortable referring to. So um, that's another uh, thing I'm hoping to discover here. I know that having therapeutic intervention can be really hard for reactive attachment caregivers because the level of manipulation that happens in a therapeutic environment is um, so much higher than in, in an average situation. I mean... We have to be very careful who we allow our children to communicate with, we have to be very careful who we allow into our lives because 
before you know it, you could end up in jail. I mean, you could end up in jail over a lie and the, the average talk slash play therapist is going to side with the child and any stories that are developed within that scenario can really harm, harm you as a parent. Um, so we know these things, we see these things daily and like, we're very, very, very cautious to recommend any kind of therapeutic intervention at this point. Unfortunately, um, we just don't have a list that has been viable so far. So I'm open to communicating with professionals as well. Um, I'm going to maintain the secrecy of my group because it is important to me to protect them and to protect the uh, format that we have developed there. It is very strict process to vet people for entrance and membership as it is. It's overwhelming. We're actually on a moratorium currently because um, we have to go through and we have to be very selective about who we allow into the group. Um, the The average person Um, that's just discovering reactive attachment disorder as a possibility in their home and in their family and their life is not really prepared for the totality of reactive attachment disorder. And so we do refer them to other groups for support. Um, We are kind of more of a place for people that have been dealing with the repercussions of um, uninformed RAD. Um, And they have come full circle and now they are just really trying to get support for all of those effects in their life. So Uh, I'm going to stop rambling. It's been already probably, what, almost 20 minutes of me just going on and on. Um, Hopefully the next episode or the next, um, you know, uh, podcast will be one with a more clear objective. But I just wanted to get something out there and get myself started. So please, like I said, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you have any resources or just anything that you want to add to this, um, to this conversation, let me know. Um, I'm not gonna, uh, I don't want to discuss personal yet because I don't know what's going to happen here and I have to protect, seek to protect my group. Uh, that's my, that is my number one priority for now, um, because they are established and they, they deserve to be protected and maintain their, their anonymity maintained and by proxy, I have to stay anonymous as well, I think for, for now. So, Um, But we're out here, we're listening, and we are engaged. So, again, feel free to contact us uh, through the podcast, and I will will, uh, include an email for the description of the podcast as well. Um, So, yeah, that's where we're at. Uh, Again, you know, we are with you. You are not alone. If your life has been mangled by reactive attachment disorder, if you feel regret, if you feel disdain, if you feel frustration, if you feel anxiety as a parent for uh, children, you know, caring for children of reactive attachment disorder, you are not alone. We are here. We hear you um, and we validate you. So yeah, until next time. Thank you. And uh, I hope that this wasn't too much rambling (laughs) to listen to. So we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.